So we're going to pick up, guys, and this is probably going to be the last week we're going to talk about the subject of faith. But I think we've got a deeper understanding of what faith truly is, and more importantly, what faith isn't. Because the charismatic world has turned faith into something. Faith is not power. It's belief in the power. The power is God. Okay? It's in that source. And that's really what we've got to grasp. Is that when it's whoever believes in Him would not perish. Right? It's belief, which is faith, in Him. And with that comes a whole lot of things, right? Because when we talk about that, we're saved by grace, right? So if I wrote the word grace here, which I will, and just fair warning, this, my wife brought this from home. That's why it's working. I'm going to order new markers for Janet, okay? If you're not here for Janet's Bible study, you need to be. You couldn't see the board very well today, but we're getting new markers. We're going to fix that problem. Now, now, this is the interactive part of the program here. When we think about grace, what comes with grace? What are, in other words, God's unmerited favor. When one is born again, they are receiving the grace of God, that gift of salvation, right? But what comes with that? What are some things that come along with that? Okay, one at a time. Who's something? What? Healing. Good. Right? How do we receive it? God's grace, right? But by faith. Okay? What else? Okay, well, yeah. So she said deliverance. If I misspell anything, it's because that Texas shirt's got me all messed up. <laughs> Gifts of the Spirit. Right? The promises of the, uh, of the Holy Spirit, too. I mean, we could make that argument. We'll leave that alone. What else? How about favor? Okay? What is the purpose of favor? It's not for you. It's for Him, right? Favor is, is that in circumstances, you are elevated to a position that is unmerited to you, right? Now, some people try to use favor to get parking spots at the mall. Not exactly what God intended. Although, I will say that the people that really stand on that seem to get pretty good parking spots, okay? Yeah, I mean, I walk a long ways. Let's just put it that way. But I kind of need to walk, so let's just leave that alone. We're not going there. Now, on the antithesis of that, now, I, when I was going to Ramah, I sat down to a lady, and, and the problem is, is that faith people get a little wacky sometimes, right? They get a little over the top. So she sits next to me during uh, our very first class of this very first quarter, um, older gal. Um, I'd seen her around, but I know, I mean, I was in a class of 2,000 people. So, you know, it's like you see faces, but you don't know everybody. And so I sit down next to her, and I introduce myself. I say, so how are you doing? She's like, well, I'm blessed and highly favored. And I'm like, well, I'm probably not talking to you the rest of the quarter. <laughs> now, ironically, the next day I'm driving through the Walmart parking lot and she's chewing a guy out over a parking spot that she believed was hers that he took. So apparently he was a little more favored. No? I don't know. All right, well, what else comes with it? We've got the gifts. We've got healing. Provision. What does that look like? What does provision look like? It's not necessarily bigger houses, more boats, nicer cars. It's God taking care of our needs. Those things can be part of it. Nothing wrong with any of it. But you've got to be willing to get rid of it. Like it means nothing to you. It's just a thing. You're not owned by it. What else? Anything else you can think of? I mean, reality is, guys, we can sit here all day and make list after list of lists. But how do we receive these things? It's by faith. Through grace. Grace is what provides it. But if you don't believe that, you're going to get it? No. I mean, if you believe that, that God exists, 
but you don't believe that your life is in him and that we are born again or, or you've never given your life to Christ, do you receive God's grace? No. Can you lie to yourself and convince yourself of it? Absolutely. You see, the premise of faith is very simple. It is trust in God. It's that simple. It's not trust in provision. It's not trust in favor. It's not trust in healing. It's not trust in deliverance. It's not trust in the gifts of spirit. It's trust in God. That's it. So is faith complicated? No, it's not. Do we make it complicated? You better believe it. You've heard it time and time before. Somebody prays for somebody, they didn't get healed. Well, you didn't have enough faith, right? I think part of our problem is we put our faith in the healing instead of the healer. And we know faith is important, right? Now, let's put this verse up, Hebrews 11, 6. We've, we've recited this. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, leave that up there. Because we see that if we come to God, we have to do it how? By faith. If we're not doing that, is God pleased? No, it's impossible to please him. But you notice it's not just belief that he is. It's belief in him. We must come to God. If you don't believe in God, obviously you wouldn't come to him, right? But you hear this today, guys. This is the culture we live in. Well, you know, I, I think if God is real, then he'll let me into heaven because I'm a good person. right? Well, you believe that God exists, but you haven't put your faith in him. So we've got to believe in him. So without this faith, we cannot please God, right? So that means that the good things that you do do not please God if they are not done in faith. They are filthy rags, is what it tells us, right? Your righteousness is but filthy rags if you come to it by works. Because if you come to it by works, then you didn't come to it by faith. How hard is it to trust in God for eternal salvation? It's the easiest thing in the world and the hardest thing in the world. It's easy because we just kind of blindly swallow it and just kind of go along with it. But it's hard because no matter how much we believe that it is a gift from God, we still try to earn God's favor. We try to do things. If I do this, you know how we try to please God? By reading our Bibles. I've got to get my time in or God's going to be mad at me. No, he's not. Is it important that we do that? Of course it is. We need to do that. How do we hear the word of God? I mean, we've got to hear it, right? God can speak to us, but he speaks through his word. So we start there. Or if, if, if I give money in the offering, God will be happy with me. Or if I don't, God won't be happy with me. Those two things have nothing to do with one another. We'll get into giving here in a few weeks. But, but the bottom line is, is that it's not that it moves God. It moves you. Fasting, is it a good thing? Yeah, it's important. It's part of our spiritual discipline. Does it move God? No. It gets us out of our way. See, we're putting our faith in him. And you can kind of see how all of this stuff is intertwined and it's connecting. And I'm trying to make it very clear. But without faith, if we're not coming to him in the trust that he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, then we can't please him. And that's where we need to be. Now, the question is, are we there? Sure, we believe that he is. And we, we agree with this verse. But are we at the point that we believe it? And the other question is, are you diligently seeking him? Because that's the caveat. You see, we're so distracted today. We've got so much stuff going on that we can't see the light of the day. We can't see the forest through the trees. Because, yes, God is here. God is real. God loves me. I believe that. But we just want to add Jesus to our life instead of him being our life. We're not at the point where we're just like everything revolves around God. Everything. 
We're at the point where we're like, yeah, I want to add God to what I'm already doing. I had a young lady one time said that I want to give my life to Christ, but I don't want to give up blah, blah, blah. It went on. Then I'm like, then you don't want to give up your life to Christ. Because if you did, this stuff would be nothing. I'm not saying you have to give stuff up, but you certainly should be willing to. You see, we have to come to him by faith, by trust, by belief. So what is this faith? Well, now we go to Hebrews 11.1, 1, right? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now when you break down substance and evidence, substance is a word, could say the realization. Evidence is confidence. These are how these Greek words are used. So it could say this, that faith is the realization of the things that you're hoping for. And it's the confidence of the things that aren't seen. Well, what's one thing that's not seen? God. We see his work. We see his hand. We see the supernatural stuff going on all the time. We see natural stuff going on all the time. Somebody's holding it together. Someone put those laws in motion. But our faith is not just blind. We realize that God is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You see, we have to get past the point where we're just superficial in our faith and yet everything revolves around God. I've had people that were outdoorsmen, okay? And I'm just using this as an example. They were gifted outdoorsmen. They could shoot stuff, hunt stuff. I mean, it seemed like every time they went on a hunt, they never got skunked. They, not skunk, literally, right, Stan? That's a bad thing. But they didn't get shut out. They killed something. They killed something, they dragged it home, and they ate it. That's what I'm getting at. And they had this gift. And it was like, it, a gift can be good and it can be bad. It can be good if it's completely obsessed with, and that takes all of your time, and therefore you, you don't make it to church, or you don't do this, or you don't, you're not spending time in the Word because you're doing this. Or that gift, that natural ability, can be something in which we bring people along with us and reach them through it. You see, that's the difference between having something and something having you. That's the biggest difference. A boat is a good thing. But if you're so obsessed with it that you're not following God because of it, well, it's no longer a good thing. It's kind of like the gun argument right now, right? I mean, good Lord, get on Facebook. Some people hate guns. They want them all gone. Some people love guns. Everybody should have one. You know who shouldn't have guns? Me. You ever seen me shoot? You didn't. Listen, if your life depends on my ability to hit the bad guy, just prepare to see Jesus, all right? It's not going to go well. So, but is the gun immoral? No. Is it moral? No. It's amoral. It has no morals. It's a thing. So, that is, it's completely irrelevant. So when we approach God, there are good things that we bring along. There are bad things that we can bring along. But the bottom line is, is we've got to approach Him in faith and allow Him to take away the things that are standing in our way. We've got to follow Him. Now, let's look at this. Romans chapter 8, verse 24. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Okay, now let's go back to Hebrews 11. One. Go back there for me. I'm making this guy work out. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. It's the realization and confidence of the things that we don't see. When we realize it, it's as if it's already in our hand right? We believe it, we receive it. In other words, the Word of God is 
And he will reward those who diligently seek him. That way I don't sit around and wait for God to move. God's already moved on my behalf. It's time for me to realize it. Okay? Now go back to Romans 8. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is not as seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Now put this in, in like an attribute that we can understand. If you are deeply in the hole, they're getting ready to foreclose your house. You owe $100,000 on your house. There is no light at the end of the tunnel. And I come up and I write you a check for $100,000, okay? Suddenly, everything changes. Why? Because now I've realized the solution to my problem. Now the joke's on you when you go try to cash that check. Okay, but, but this problem has now been solved. All I have to do is receive it. How do we receive it? You are putting good faith in what I just wrote you. It's the same concept with God. It's all there. It's no longer hope when we've received it. In other words, hope. Think about what is hope? Hope. I'm hoping something happens. I don't know the result, but I hope it's good. Okay? I hope that that t-shirt catches on fire as he walks through the doors. I hope that we call those things that be not as though they were. I'm hoping that Scott Frost is the answer. I'm hoping. I'm hoping, y'all. And I'm hoping to realize that come this fall. And then it's no longer hope because we've seen it. Y'all with me? Okay, all right. Thank you. Just let me have my moment. I needed that. You see, hope is like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I really want a positive outcome. Faith is God's already provided it. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to receive it. There's a huge difference there. Huge difference. So it's no longer hope when we already see it. Here's the question. Are you seeing the promises of God? I don't mean are they manifesting in your life. Do you see that they are promises for you in his word? Because if you do, and you believe that, and you agree with that, your whole world can change. Now, we're a result of our own stupidity, right? I've joked with people through, for years. I've always been able to out-earn my stupidity. I've made stupid decisions with zeros on the end of it, okay? But at the bottom line is God has always provided in spite of poor decisions that I've made through the years, okay? Guys, I believe that I receive it. You know what? I may have a day where I don't feel good, but I know that Jesus paid for that. He died for my sickness. He took that from me. So therefore, I don't have to hope that he's going to heal me. I just have to know that he already has. We have to step into these different realms and stuff. In other words, I don't hope that I'm going to go to heaven. I know I'm going there. There's no question in my mind. God didn't appear to me. He didn't show up. He didn't send an angel and say, hey, guess what you got in? Congratulations. Okay? Now, an angel may appear to you. And when he does, he'll be doing this. And he'll warn them. Listen, y'all, you want to make it. You started this. I got the mic. You're still overpaid. So, but guys, I don't have to hope. I mean, I hope, I hope I get in. Think about Muslims. Do they know that they're going to make it? No, they have no idea. Think about every other religion out there. Do they have any hope? No, they just, they just hope, right? Think about modern Christianity and your, your theological nonsense that's going on. I hope I've done enough good things. As if that could do it. Wouldn't you rather be confident? 
I'd rather be confident. What am I confident in? In him. Because he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now look at this. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, they're temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. That's either true or it's not. So that tells me that all of this is temporary. Right? Thank God. Because there ain't a lot of good here. It feels good in the moment. Like, there are things that we think are a good idea, like going to a thrift store and buying a t-shirt. We think that's a good idea. That's not always a good idea, because sometimes you get bad ones. <laughs> that's bad advice <laughs> you see well, this is temporary but we got to believe that the things that are unseen are eternal and how do we believe that we approach God through faith it's the substance of things that are hoped for and the evidence of the things that are not seen and that he rewards those who diligently seek him because he is you see we approach him in that manner because he is do you really want to put all your stock in the things of this world? You know that doctors screw up, right? They screw up. They make mistakes. But we want to put all, we'll put all our hope there on the word of the doctor and not the word of God. What, that, that's backwards. Nothing wrong with doctors. They're good guys, most of them. We've got to look at the things which are unseen. We can't see them. It's the evidence of things unseen. We can't see them. But we know they're real because God told us that they're real. That's the only reason. This isn't because I say it. It's because he said it. Okay, well, let's look at Romans chapter 1. Because with that, we have salvation as an issue. And with salvation comes everything, right? He either died for everything or he died for nothing. So it's got to be for everything. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. This is Paul speaking. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. Now, what is the gospel? Well, if we flipped over to 1 Corinthians 15, that Christ died, was buried, and three days later was resurrected. Did you see it? No, you did not. That's why Jesus told Thomas, like, hey, you're blessed because you saw. But greater is he that didn't see. See, that's the gospel. It's for salvation. It's the power of God for salvation. Why is it powerful? It takes a little bit of power to get someone to stand up out of the grave. It's for everyone who believes. You know what that word believes is? Has faith. Trust in him. Verse 17, for in it, what is it? It's the gospel. The righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, because as it is written, the just will live by faith. What is faith to faith? Belief to belief. It's your belief. It's my belief. It's the just will live by this. It's revealed from your faith. It's revealed from my faith that the righteousness of God, that through the gospel, it's revealed through all of our faith because we're going to live it out, right? The just live by faith. They walk by faith. Belief in Him. That's what faith is. It's in Him. It's that simple. There's nothing more. Okay? Don't put your faith in the doctor. Don't put your faith in, in your mechanic. Put your faith in Him. That's it. That's what faith is. It's in Him. If faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God, for what? Salvation through Him. For the Jews specifically is what Paul's talking about there. 
But the bottom line is this. It's in Him. Verse 18. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Now remember, we just talked about the righteousness of God is revealed through faith to faith. Now, the wrath is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who do what? They suppress the truth in unrighteousness. What does suppress mean? They bring it down. They ignore it. It's almost as if it doesn't exist. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them. How so? Um, hello, you're alive. Life doesn't come from non-life. You are, your ancestors are not primordial soup. Or chimps or whatever else they're telling you. What may be known about God is manifest in them. For God has shown it to them. Since the creation of the world, so that's the beginning... His invisible attributes are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuses. Anybody have excuses? No. But they're seen through the things which are not seen. Right? What have we been talking about? The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. It's right in front of us. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God. Okay? That means they chose not to, right? They made the decision. Nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds, and four-footed animals, and creeping things. Right? We took the glory of God, and we tried to carve it into something. We, we, we start worship the creation instead of the creator. And we mock that and we laugh at it, but we kind of in some ways do the same thing. Because we put our hope in the things that God's created instead of the one who created them. Did God create medicine? Yep. And we put our faith there instead of the one who created it. So therefore, God also gave them up to the uncleanness and the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worship and serve the creature, creature rather than the Creator. Now think about that. He gave them up to it. He didn't say, hey, you want to go that route? I'm not going to stop you. You have your choice. It's the lust of their heart. They dishonor their bodies among themselves. But what did they do? They exchanged the truth of God for the lie. When you exchange something, it means that you had it. You knew it, but you chose something else. Right? Ladies, your husband buy you Christmas gifts, right? And what do you do? You open it, you say thank you, and you take it back the next day and get what you really want. Is that not how it works for everybody else? Oh, well, then I need some lessons. That's why gift cards were invented. So they exchanged the truth of God for the lie. Who, who lies? Who's the deceiver? Where did the lie come from? So what are they putting their faith in? Not in God, they're putting it in the lie. Okay? And they worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever and ever. Amen. Do we worship the creation today? Oh my goodness. Scientists today marvel of the scientific laws and, and all these different things. Like how this came from nothing is so amazing. It's unbelievable. It's, like, yeah, it's so unbelievable it didn't happen. Anyway. Verse 26. For this reason, what reason? That they worship the creature rather than the creation. Or creator, excuse me. 
Right? They exchanged the truth of God for the lie. For this reason, because of this, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. What is that talking about? Homosexuality. And why? Because this is a judgment from God. You worship the creation rather than the creator. You bought the lie instead of the truth. So God turns them over for this. And the penalty for this is in themselves. And if you look at the statistics, that's all you need to do because it's sad what happens. Verse 28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. Now hold on. In order to re reject the retaining of God in your knowledge, it had to be there to begin with, right? God gave them over to a debased mind. So they rejected the knowledge of God. Think about the spiritual warfare, the principalities and power, and all things that come against the knowledge of God. You guys see how these things are, again, okay? To do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God that those who practice such things are deserving of death not only do the same, so we're talking about the ones that are doing it, but look at this, they approve of those who practice them. And that is the world we live in. You see, it's not that it's just being done. It's that now it is okay. And it's talking about all of this stuff. I mean, I hear comments all the day from parents today is, is that young people today do not respect adults the way that they did 30 years ago. I used to volunteer at a high school. Um, I'd go in and work with the drum line. I was a drummer back in the day. And I'd go in there and work with the drum line. I was blown away what came out of the mouth of those kids in front of teachers and other adults. Because A, I'd have never talked like that in front of them. And two, had I done that, I may never have walked again. Because it had gotten taken care of. But why are they doing this? It, it, there's, two, there's two classes. Those doing and those approving. And that's the problem we have. But what are they doing? They're not coming to him in faith, they're suppressing the truth in unrighteousness. Because what is plain about God is revealed in them. So they knew God. Tells me that there's no such thing as an atheist. Because inside we all know that there is God. It's whether we choose to approach Him. Because if we diligently seek Him, that He is and He's a rewarder of those diligently seek him if we chase after him he will reveal himself the truth is there it's in all of us we choose to suppress it okay it's not a matter of god exists it's a matter of we're going to follow him in faith and trust his word and again the antithesis of trusting god's word is trusting the creation where do you want to put your faith what does ephesians 2 tell us for by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's not of works. Lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now what is this talking about? We talked about grace and some of the things that come with it. Psalm 103 talks about God's benefits. Forget not his benefits. 
We know what Isaiah 53 says, that by His stripes that we are healed and that all things are made by Him and that are created through Him. We know all these different verses that talk about that, but we have this grace that saves us. The mechanism on which we receive that is putting our trust in Him or the trust in ourselves. Right? Look at it. We've been saved through faith. But we try to get saved by ourselves. Ask somebody, how are you going to go to heaven? If there's a heaven, how would you get there? Well, I'm a good person. Are you? Because what standard are you applying to that? The answer is no. God decides what's good. And if he decides what's good, you ain't it. So we either go through faith to receive that grace or we go through ourselves. Now, we're getting ready in Revelation, right? We just talked about this in chapter 20. What is it? The, 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 the Bema Seat Judgment, where they're being judged by their works. And what happens? Those judged by their works are cast to the lake of fire. You're either judged by your works or you're judged by His works. Which has a better outcome? It's His works. I mean, think about it like this. If you were going to build a house, some of you guys are handy, some of you guys are not. I am somewhere in the middle. I have no business building a house. Do I want to trust somebody else who knows what the heck they're doing? Oh, you better believe it. You know that whole thing, and the house is built on sand and all of that? It'd be on sand, and it may have nails, it may not. And I mean, it'd be super glue and duct tape holding the thing together. You know, we... It's where you want to put your faith. You want to put it in somebody who knows what they're doing. You want to stand before God on your merit or on His merit. I want to stand before Him on His merit. But it's not of works, because if it was, then you could brag because you got in. But maybe I couldn't because I didn't. I didn't do enough good things. But look at this next one. We are His workmanship. What does that mean? We are a new creation. Created in Christ Jesus. For what? Good works. Not by good works, for good works. You see, when you receive this grace through faith, your works begin to change. Because your purpose in life now has changed because you're putting Him first. It's in Him. How do we receive these things? Not by works, by grace. In Him. See, these good works were created by God beforehand. And that we should walk in them. Not by them, but for them. You see, you notice this. And I've, I've talked about this before. I've seen people who give their lives to Christ. And it is amazing that you begin to see a transformation take place in the way they talk, and the way they act, and the things they do. You know what the hardest thing to begin to do for a new believer? Is to give money. Because your entire life, what are you taught? Keep it. You need it. Hoard it. I've had new believers come up to me one time. It's like, I don't know what exactly. I don't understand all of this. But I feel like I need to give in the offering. I'm like, well, why do you think that is? He's like, I really don't have any idea. But it feels like this is something I need to be doing. Why? Because when we begin to do that, we're putting our faith in him and not our paychecks. Can your paycheck go away? Oh, you bet. Can your farm disappear? Ask any farmer that went through the 80s. They go away. Right? Can anything you're doing stop? Yes, it can. But does Jesus stop? No, he does not. And if your faith is in him, then your faith is in his provision. Right? How do we receive that? By grace. How do we receive that grace? It's through faith. We believe in him. 
So it's not by good works, it's for good works. Now look at James 2, because this is another one that gets very confused. Starting in verse 14, what does it profit? My brethren, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Now think about that. If you walk by someone, this would be a pretty extreme case, but they're sitting out there at Trails End, you're walking out because you got you a Subway sandwich, and they're sitting there, and it's the middle of winter, and they got no coat on, and they got the sign holding up for help and stuff like that, and you walk up to them and say, hmm, thoughts and prayers, and you walk away. That's what we do on Facebook. My thoughts and prayers are, why are your thoughts with me? What, are you, what is that going to do? You're thinking about me? Oh, good, thanks. I can't catch that. It was a joke, you guys. Stay with me. Tough crowd. See, but, but what do we do? It's like saying that, oh, I hope something turns in your favor. When we have the ability to change a situation or to help in some capacity, but we choose not to, that's what he says, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Okay, now I'm going to explain this in detail here. Because some confuse, and the Mormons do this, is that justification comes not just by belief, but by belief and doing. And I'm going to show you it's not anything but belief, but because of that belief, we will do. Okay? Faith, by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. How are you going to show your faith? By your works. Is, did it say by what you said? Did it say by what you confessed? Did it say by what, what Christian t-shirt you wear, how many bumper stickers you have? It does not. You believe that there is one God. Well, you do well. Even the demons believe, and they tremble. So it's not belief that there's a God, right? Okay. But do you want to know, oh foolish man, that faith Without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works? By works faith was made perfect and the scripture was fulfilled which said, Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works... Not by faith only. Well, this throws us. You see, he's justified by works. No, he's not. What did he say? It was accounted to Abraham to righteousness because he believed. But how did you know he believed? Because he did what God said. He was obedient. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot? She was the one when the, the, the spies went in there when they're getting ready to conquer Jericho and she received them and all that. Was she not also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Now let me explain this. Because what do we see? We we're created to good works. For good works, not by good works. You see, our faith is dead if our life does not reflect what we claim. In other words, if our life is truly changed, we judge it by its fruits. A life changed by God, there is evidence of it. It's not like, yep, I gave my life to Jesus, let me go snort some cocaine. It's, there's evidence of 
a changed spirit, a new man. Does it happen overnight? Of course not. It takes time. It's called sanctification. But if your faith is not accompanied by a change in how you talk and how you act and all of that, then you need to be questioning whether your faith is sincere. Have you put your trust in Him or have you simply claimed that? You see, it's understanding that we're not saved by works, we're saved for works. But it's by faith in Him. Everything we receive is by faith in Him. Everything that the Bible says we accept on faith that is by Him. When we talk about this new man concept, we receive that new man by grace through faith, our belief. And that's how we get there. And from there, we should start to believe everything that the Word of God says about us. What are some of those things? Let me read this to you. It says that I am a child of God, and I'm anointed by God, and I'm gifted by Him, that I'm loved by Him, and I'm free. And because I'm free, I'm free indeed, because God paid for it. That I'm the friend of God and seated in heavenly places, that I'm sealed with the Holy Spirit and have justified, and I'm redeemed. And because of that, I am more than a conqueror. That I am overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, and I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am blameless and free from accusation. I am the son of light and not the son of darkness. I am born of God, and the evil one does not come near me. I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath, and I am the lender and not the borrower. I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus and forgiven for all my sins and firmly rooted, built up, established in my faith, and overflowing with gratitude. And by the stripes of Jesus, I also am healed and will walk in the fullness thereof. I am strengthened with all might according to His glorious power and submitted to God. And because of that, the devil flees from me because I resist him in the name of Jesus. I am part of a chosen generation. I am part of that royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. I am chosen and appointed by Christ to bear fruit because I am the Son of God and one in Christ Jesus. I have been made righteous. I have life. I have the mind of Christ. I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I have victory through Jesus Christ and I have no lack for God supplies all of my needs according to His riches and glory. And through Him I can do anything that He requires of me because of him and was predestined to be adopted as God's child and those were all Bible verses guys and guess what we need to approach him by faith and receive that because that is who we are you want to stand on his works or yours I don't want to stand on my works I don't want to stand on the decisions that I make in life as if there's power behind them because I make bad decisions Right? I want to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit that I can make wise decisions because I have the mind of Christ and will know what to do in those situations. I want to stand before God and hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not hear, well, you're done. I don't want to hear that. But I want it to be for His glory. You see, I approach God through faith knowing that it is His grace that supplies. There's only one way, and it's that way. The world around us, religions, churches, try to tell us all sorts of different things, and there is one way. It's either through Him, or it's not. I want to believe in faith that He is, and He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. I want to be one of those who are diligently seeking. I want, I want to seek Him with everything that I have. Not for my gain, but, but to advance the kingdom. 
that everything I have belongs to Him, and every word I say is being glorified for Him. That when people see me, they see Christ, and when they see Christ, they see someone who paid a price for them and died on their behalf. Guys, I don't want to exist for any other purpose. I want to be like Moses, wanting to enter the promised land. He says, listen, if your presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to go. I don't want to go where God is not. I want to be where God is in His perfect will for what we have to do here. Guys, I'm telling you, we approach God one way. It's through belief in Him. If you put your faith in anything else, even the good things of God, it will fail you. Those good things of God are the fruit of God. They are the essence of who He is. We receive them by His grace through our belief in Him. You guys following me? It's so important we get this. Because if you don't believe it, you won't lay hands on the sick. If you don't believe it, you won't give to the poor. You don't believe it and you feel like you're being led to do something that seems kind of out of, out of the ordinary. You won't do it because you don't trust him. I want to read Hebrews 11 before we end. I didn't put that up there. I hadn't planned on doing this. I want to read this one more time. I'd like to say that I just recite it to you, but that won't happen. But I read this before. You see, everybody comes to God the same way. We talk about, well, the Messiah is coming and we receive salvation. Yes, that's true. But we all approach God the same way. Hebrews 11, I, we read this, I don't know, three, four, five weeks ago. I don't even know how, how long ago it was. But this is what they call the hall of faith. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so the things which are, uh, are seen were made of things which are not visible. You see, it's by faith because we didn't see it. We weren't there. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of the gifts. And though he being dead still speaks. How did he know that God received it? Because God came and consumed it. But he came by faith. By faith, Enoch was taken away that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder by those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out of the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he dwelt in a land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him as the same promise. For he waited for the city which was, has foundation, whose builder and maker is God. By faith Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was just past the age because he judged him faithful who had promised she judged him as he was and was a rewarder therefore from one man and him as a good as dead were born as many of the stars of the sky and multitude innumerable as the sand which is not by the seashore these all died in faith not having received the promises 
but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when he tested Isaac, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac, and he had, who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith Joseph, when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instruction concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as he seen him who was invisible by faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of the blood lest he should be destroyed the firstborn should touch them by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days by faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace and what more shall I say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and also David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned the flight of the armies of the aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mocking and scourgings, Yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered around in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Verse chapter 12. Therefore, we all also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. If you can't say amen to that, check your pulse. You see, it's our faith in him. All of these guys had faith in God that the promises that he made that he would do. Imagine if God said, I need you to go and sacrifice your son. Would you do it? Abraham was willing because he knew that God was able to raise him from the dead because he promised him that that boy would have children. You can't do that if you're dead. You see, they all stepped out in faith, believing that God was who he says he was, and they knew that he is a rewarder of those who diligently sought him. And they diligently sought him. And now we have Jesus. He is the author 
and finisher of our faith. He is the beginning and the end. He is all-encompassing. Your faith is no longer simply in what God might do. It's in what God has done. You see, they were looking to the future, looking for the hope. They knew that God said it, therefore he would do it. I got good news. God's already done it. And we need to walk in that faith. Faith in him and nothing else. Because it's in him where all the cares of this world, all the chains of the enemy, all sin is taken away because we believe that God is true. Amen. God's good. Guys, we've got to start acting. I show you my faith. By my works. If you claim to believe that God heals the sick, then you better get out there and start laying hands on them because that's what he said. If you believe that people are dying and going to hell, then we better get out there and start telling them the truth that the Messiah has come and he has paid that price. You don't have to stand up in front of God based off what you did. You can stand in front of God having received what Jesus has done. We need to get out there and start telling them. They don't get saved through osmosis. It doesn't work that way. Somebody, how will they know if they don't hear? If faith comes by hearing, then why aren't you talking about it? We've got to get out there. We've got to be people who don't just say, I believe this. We've got to be people who truly have put their faith in him and begin to act like it. I will show you my faith by my works because faith without works is dead. 